Beach. What's up, Ava? I'm just getting home from um from working with the kids, so yes. I'm a little disheveled, but I'm really grateful to uh, be in the space with you. I'm looking forward to taking a deep breath. We will do that shortly. I had the pleasure of having our interview for Stoop Sound Sessions led by a prayer from you. So now that you're here on the Mirage Pod, I was hoping you'd allow me to lead in a prayer to Goddess Divine, to Universe, to the Creator. Gratitude overflows from within us. We are so grateful for the opportunities that you've allowed us, but also for bringing us through the obstacles that we've had to go through and overcome in order to bring us to this day. Love surrounds us, and I just want to say that this conversation, the energy that we are about to exchange, is divinely ordained and orchestrated, and for that, we are thankful. So we continue on through this conversation, honoring those that have come before us and those that are the reason that we are here. Amen and Ashe. Ashe, amen. Thank you. Whew. I'm so excited right now. I'm so happy. Oh, me too. I'm really glad, like, you know, you hit me up and, like, allow me to be in this space with you, you know? Yeah. Your humility is just, I, I noticed again, as I've gotten to learn more about you, but then because of Stoop Sounds and because of the Mirage podcast, I truly wanted to dive deep. You know, I didn't want to just start these conversations and feel like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> Cage, you say thank you. So every every single opportunity that you have to express gratitude, you absolutely do it. Yes. It seems as though you go out of your way. You have a lot going on, but you take the time to make sure that people see that you are grateful and that you are humbled by the support that you receive, you know, by by the love, by the sharing of your music and the exchanges that people have with you. Mm. Is I have a question, but I just realized, let me let everyone know who's watching and listening. I have the pleasure of sitting with Cage Bird, the honor and the privilege of sitting with Cage Bird, not for the first time, Go check out Stoop Sound Sessions. Yeah. We touched the surface. We touched the surface in that interview. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful that you wanted to sit down with me again so that we could take that conversation and really dissect it and open it up. Sure. Frida Trap released. Yes, yes, yes. Last week. And it mm -hmm. has taken the internet by storm. Frida Trap, everyone needs to go check it out. We'll talk about that before this conversation is over as well. But Selena Carrera. Cage Bird, thank you so much for sitting with me today. No doubt. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Thank you for wanting me to be on the show. You're more than more than welcome. So what I was about to ask about gratitude, mm -hmm. are there people in your life or circumstances in your life that have taken place that really infuse that gratitude in you and, and make it something so important to express? Yeah, I mean, well, one, I feel like no one has to support me, right? No one has to repost or share or, you know, even have gratitude for my existence. So when people do do that, it really means a lot to me because I'm very passionate about what I do. And I really take my mission and my integrity seriously. And also, I just like to give flowers to folks while they're here. Um, Amen. You know, like, I think a lot of times as, as people will give people flowers once they're gone you know, or busy and things like that. And I think life has taught me through lost or, you know, loved ones who I lost them to the prison system or if I lost them, you know, through transition down to another life, mm. it's taught me. And just, you know, losing people uh, going their separate ways. It's just yeah. taught me to have gratitude for those that come through. Um, never taking support or, you know, someone else, what they see and leave for granted. Mm. You know? Um, because people die every day and I want to be able to express that gratitude while I'm still here. Amen. Amen. That has come up in a few conversations recently. The concept of, you know, people that say life is short, that's become a somewhat taboo or cliche phrase that can easily go in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. And then something happens that rocks your world or, and then we see something, a headline on social media that rocks our collective world that brings to our attention, you know, even though I'm blessed enough to be here in this moment, tomorrow, tomorrow could be the end for any of us. Yeah. And I can't stand how like, it's so existential. It's hard to grasp because we have the privilege of being here, of seeing the colors of life, the beauty of life. And so many people don't get that, that opportunity, um, yeah. you know, so yeah. I mean, it's very reflective. Yeah, I mean, this, this even happened recently, right? Like, um, you know, we just released Free the Trap. Yeah. We met on the 10th to do that amazing interview. And literally that next week, um, someone that worked on the project with right. a passed with COVID that I had just seen a couple weeks prior, you know, 
acquired before you know they uh, contracted it. Exactly. Um, so it's, I feel like there's constant reminders of that. You know, like uh, I think I just posted today on Instagram that I I love to pour into people and show yeah. gratitude while they're here. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yes, and peaceful journey to David Walker and every every spirit, every soul within Philadelphia and beyond Philadelphia that we know that he touched and impacted positively. My favorite, one of my favorite things to say is to give people their flowers while they can smell them. So <laughs> when you said that, I'm just like, yes, you get it, you get it. And we've been saying since the day we met, like, yo, we get each other. Yes, very I would like to give you the flowers of saying, I acknowledge that you are a, a beautiful and multifaceted person. You are eccentric in all of the best ways. I feel as though you are capable of such a wide variety of things and of beliefs and of feelings. It's gorgeous to see from the outside, you know, looking at you. I, I wanna say that because this conversation, I know we don't have too much time, but girl, when I tell you, there are 10 things on my mind that I want to talk about right now, That's whether they are related to your music and your artistry mm -hmm. or to your personal family relationships or to your travels, because I know you've been multiple, but like, there's so much I want to say. So I'm going to try to organize it for, for sure. and get and into I, it. I could probably stay a little longer too. We started a little late, so I want to at least give us... No, but also, like I said, I want to respect your time. So again, whenever you feel as though you have to get prepared to go, don't hesitate to let me know. Mm hmm. So where to start? Where to start? <laughs> this podcast is about the things that we can't Google, the things that we can't find when we search your name or hear your music on, you know, Spotify or Apple. So for that reason, let's dive deeper. Let's dig deeper. And I'd like to ask about your grandmother and the fact that you called her your best friend and you're going to spend a bunch of time with her this weekend coming up. Tell me a little bit about your experiences with your grandmother and things that have happened that have really solidified that relationship? Um, well, one, I honestly feel like me and my grandma have been traveling along this plane for centuries before this life. Wow. You know, she's definitely a soulmate. Um, she, I don't even know, like she, she helped raise me, you know, when I wasn't living at home, um, when things happened in, in the house that I was in, she took me in. Um, when I was homeless, she always had a place for me to stay, always had a meal for me to eat, always had words of wisdom to pour into me. And we always say, like, you know, we may not agree with each other all the time. We may go back and forth, but the love never changes between her and I. And we just, we just have that kind of relationship. You know, she, I lived with her from my, my childhood. I lived with her in my teenage years and my young adult life. And she's always been my constant support. And, you know, the matriarch of, of our family, you know, on my mother's side. So mm. she, she's really an important figure in my life. Um, and like I said, she's 96 years old. What? She's 96 years old. So for her to still be here, it's like I truly, truly value just spending as much time as possible. Like, I feel bad because, you know, I haven't seen her for like two weeks. Even though we talk on the phone all the time, two weeks is a long time for us. And I know that's, that's uncommon to hear nowadays. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm around here, she rejuvenates me and I'm, you know, when I'm with her, I rejuvenate her and it's just a flow between us that is, it's very apparent between the both of us that we say that, you know, you're my soulmate, you're my heart, you're my love. And, um, it's just, it's beyond this life and I honor that and I honor her and I'm just, yeah, she's, she's my best friend. That is beautiful. How about, no, why wasn't <laughs> Sorry. No, you good. I'm like, what in the world? A number I don't know and everything. Okay, you know what They calling me now. Montebello, California. I don't know where. Wait, did that really just happen simultaneously? They called you two the same number? No, I don't know if it was the same number, but I was just like, yo, what? Why is, <laughs> wait, did you just get a phone call? Literally, it's, I have mine on silent, but it's not coming through. Yo, okay, so, wow, this is dope, this is dope, though. My spiritual mentor, see? See, this is what happens, Cage, when we, were two are gathered. The shirt that I'm wearing right now belongs to my spiritual mentor, who plays the role of a grandmother in my life right now. And I was like, let me put this shirt on for this interview, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I put it on, we had our prayer, that is my first time opening a podcast interview with prayer. And the same mentor to me that owns this shirt or that owned this shirt, she taught me that when a bell rings, 
<laughs> she says that when a bell rings, the truth is being told. So we'll have sessions. We'll sit with each other for hours and yeah. she'll be teaching me something. We'll have books open and she'll go, now you see this here. You know, this means that, and she'll be talking and then like the phone will ring and she'll be like, look at that. You hear me telling yeah. the truth? I'm telling the truth. So right. the fact that that was a simultaneous phone call is crazy. <laughs> That's wild, yo. Wild. Yo, I love it. That's real. Yeah. That is, if that is not a personification of the energy we're exchanging, I don't know what is. Right, right. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and I, I wanted to share that I relate and completely understand the love that you have for your grandmother. Um, the most impactful relationship that I have had to date has been with a grandfather of mine that was not even blood related. And your words just now reminded me of a time where he was expressing to me he he was in his early 80s and i think i had taken him to a chiropractor's appointment or something and we were in the car together and he goes i just want to let you know i need you i need you and it was one of those moments where i realized does he know how much i need him he probably doesn't he's probably assuming that because of his age or not being able to drive anymore and, and things of that nature that he's the only one that needs somebody here he has no idea that every fiber of who I am has been solidified because of conversations with him. You know what I mean? And I tried to reciprocate. I'm like, no, no, I need you. And he's probably like, no, you don't. You can drive. You can this, you can that. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Right. Yes, I do. I need you. No, I completely resonate with that. I think my grandma, similarly, she's just like, oh, I just need you. And I'm like, I need you too. Like, I yeah. love you, you know, and I honor her. And I, I, I feel like, I can't speak of her without also speaking of my father's uh, mother and father, my grandparents. Yes. They passed away when I was really young. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime I look at their pictures or I speak of them, it's like even right now I can just feel their presence in their energy. Yeah. You know, and I feel like if they lived, my grandma passed when I was six years old. My abuelito he passed when I was a bit older, mm -hmm. and it's like I feel like if we had more time to build, I probably mm -hmm. would have been just as close with them. Um, yes. But I'm I'm grateful that I can share that with my my living you know ancestors yes. and honor the ancestors that are still around me, just not in the physical form. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something else I wanted to speak on today. Your spirituality, your spiritual beliefs. Um, you know, while they may not be here physically, your father's parents, what you believe and the way that you move through your spirituality says to me that you've absolutely connected with them before or you know that you know that you remain connected with them and to them uh that you've most likely heard from them felt guided by them yeah. and i wanted to ask today what some of your spiritual influences have been uh whether growing up whether just recently no matter the timing what are some of the things that have influenced what you believe yeah um that's a great question i mean i've I, my father grew up catholic uh, i grew up in a christian household Mm -hmm. But as I got older, especially like being a queer mixed kid, I mm -hmm. think church was very violent for me. Mm -hmm. ways. Um, you know, I believe that the intention of maybe the biblical Bible itself um, may have not intended to be that way, but yeah. being written by man so many different times, yeah. there's a lot of things in there that I feel like spirit is just like, ah, I don't know if that's. Yeah, what's uh, happening you know, here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's happening here? Um, I remember one time my pop, like, he sent me a, a scripture one time, and I guess he was trying to, like, save me, so to speak, right? Yeah. And it was talking about homosexuality. And in the the, the verse, it was like, um, oh, it was this, like, angel or whatever that came and was staying with this dude. This is Old Testament. And uh, a bunch of men came to the house, and they were, like, knocking on the door and trying to, like, get the angel out right that had came in, in male in physical form and they wanted to like rape him and do all these horrible things to him and then the dude was like no you can't take him this is an angel take my daughter instead and i was just like wait a minute so he gave him his daughter to do with what they want and it just stuff like that just felt weird in my spirit right yes. and there's no disrespect to uh the religion you know it's right. no disrespect to anyone's beliefs um but i think it is what propelled me to go on my own spiritual journey and spiritual path. And, you know, being a, you know, I'm a mixed kid, I'm a mixed kid of the diaspora. My father is Afro-Latino, my mother, she's indigenous Latinx. And it allowed me to kind of dig deeper into my roots and into my indigenous and like Aboriginal spiritual practices. 
Yeah. And it's something I connected with a lot. Um, yeah. So I think like at this point in my life, you know, I have influence from different religions um, yeah. and I honor all religions. I think whatever your religion is cool, as long as there's a spiritual practice, but I think yeah. I'm way more spiritual than I am religious. And when I pray, I pray to my ancestors. I pray to the creator. I pray to the angels that are with me. I pray to the, you know, all the, all, I basically say like all spirit that is there for my greatest good. Amen. You know, yes. I call on them. And Beautiful. when I do that and I really intentional with my prayers, I, there's so many messages and so many signs that are just right there. I can, I can even tell you, it could be from like, I'm running late and I need to find something. And because I tend to move around a lot quickly, I misplace things a lot. And I'll say, I'm like, divine, please, creator, please, spirit, please help me find this. I gotta yeah. go. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's so petty. <laughs> you could ask them for help with any other thing. <laughs> I'm at, but literally, son and me will be like, look over here. And I'll yep. look there. Or if I'm asking for a guide about a conversation or, you know, if something doesn't feel right in my spirit, it's yep. like, I feel like that's my intuition. That's my creator trying to tell me something. And it's, you know, it's up to us not to get in our own way and to trust that. Absolutely. And I do got to say, too, I think I had to learn the difference between my intuition and my trauma, right? Because I think mm. a lot of times intuition can be influenced by trauma or paranoia or, you wow. know, things that are still broken within us. Um, so I had to make a really clear intention to heal and to hear and to have discernment between what's my intuition and what am I just trying to tell myself? Wow. I have never heard that particular comparison and connection before. What was your intuition and what was your trauma? Whoa. Are there any traumas that you've experienced that define who you are, that, that you've gone through, what? that you wouldn't mind sharing with us in an effort to connect with someone that may be experiencing that same thing and, and need to be inspired and encouraged by you? Yeah. Well, I'd say I don't, I don't think my traumas define me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of different traumas, but I want to say that I'm defined by the traumas. I'm defined by who I was before that trauma. Wow. And yeah. I had to, to work through those traumas to get back to self and mm. be grateful for what I went through, for what it taught me and the wisdom that yes. helped shape my brain, you know? Mm. Um, but, you know, some of those things, not to dive too deep into them, um, but I've, you know, dealt with sexual molestation. I've dealt with uh, being a queer kid in a Christian household, you know? Um, you know, being, not being, not homelessness I've dealt with, um, I've dealt with, you know, growing up in the hood and the things and the plates that come with that, gun violence at a young age, um, losing folks to the prison system, losing myself, you know, uh, in a lot of different ways, but, you know, abandonment issues, uh, rejection issues, uh, not being told who I was was a problem, you know, or that it was mm. a so things like that, uh, you know, and also just the plight of being a person of color trying to move around in this world um, and, you know, the things that come with that. So there's, you know, not to get too deep into them, but there's, right. there's a lot of different, um, I think, lessons and guides, you know, that we go through. Um, but I've learned, there's this quote that I run with my kids. I work with um, incarcerated youth here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And one quote I love that I bring is this roomy quote. And I might not say it exactly to the quote at this moment, but I know the, the quote is like, uh, when you've turned the last corner and you've run into yourself, you've turned all the corners that are left. Mm. And I think for a while we run away from our trauma and we, we run away from the things that um, uh, we're not maybe ready to face and that's okay. But when we are ready to run into ourselves and to face that shadow work, I think it allows us to mm. really break free you know and recenter and allow you allow you not to be defined by that trauma right but to be grateful for the lessons and the discernment that it may have brought you amen and on the podcast here our mission is always to uplift encourage inspire motivate enlighten so while you don't need to go deeply into you know the intricacies of your experiences anyone listening will hear you say you know you you gave us a list of what you've been through and then 
they'll see who you are. They'll see how brightly you're shining now. They'll go listen to your music and your lyricism. They will go listen or go see the images that you've put forth, the artistry that you've put forth. And even though you don't need to dive deep right now, it will be so clear, you know, that you have broken out of a certain shell that you may have been put into in the past or that you have grown beyond the things that you've experienced in the past and you're now walking, you know, with your head held high and in your most authentic self. So yeah. it definitely know, speaks for itself. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, it's a journey. because it's, it's not to say that things don't still come up, right? Right. Like, things come up all the time, you know? Yeah. But I think it's learning those different skills to work through those things when they come up. Um, mm. you know, through all that, like I've been lied on by people. I got set up by one of my best friends before in life. Like back wow. in the day when I used to, you know, do what I had yeah. to survive and those things like that. And trust was really hard for me. Trust is still, I think, hard for me to this day. Wow. But going to therapy, and I think therapy is a stigma that really needs to be. Um, I think mm -hmm. in therapy is like. You're not wrong with me. I don't need to go to therapy. Like, I'm good. White people go to therapy. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I think the more, I love to see more of, like, there's a lot of, like, black and brown communities that are now, like, yo, mental health is dope. Like, therapy yeah. is great. And I'm definitely a therapy advocate. And I think, you know, I want to say about three, three and a half years ago, um, I got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I need therapy. Like, I don't know how to work through this. I'm drunk. Wow. You know, wow. and I'm drowning in my heart. And mm. I, I just reached out. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes is um, admitting that you're not okay and knowing that that's okay. Mm. And being able to go to therapy and have a space where I could kind of dive into it. And therapy is like dating, you gotta find the right person, you mm. know? Um, but I love my therapist. Like, we have such a good relationship. And she has allowed me to um, navigate through a lot of things. And, yeah. you know, feel my trauma or at least notice when I'm being triggered or traumatized or like right. something's coming up so I could be like, all right, let me take a deep breath, let me step back and let's do it. Because mm. I, I don't want folks to think that like, I'm, I, I'm not perfect by any means. Right. And I think we're all a work in progress, you know? But I think the point is to progress. Yeah. You're progressing and, and not digressing like um, you're on the right path. Right, right. And even if it's the tiniest, eensy-weensy baby steps, yes, just moving forward in any way, shape, or form yeah. is what's important, is what's we're aiming, what we're aiming for here. Absolutely. So you spoke of the incarcerated youth that you teach, that mm -hmm. you influence, that you impact positively. When did you start doing that? Um, I actually started doing that. I mean, I've been, I feel like I've been working in the community uh, when I was like, 16, I started, or maybe like 17, I started working with Freedom School in Philadelphia, and I was like a junior servant leader, and that really like opened my mind to a lot of mm. things that I wasn't exposed to as a kid, just because those resources weren't really around us, you know? Right, right. Um, but I started working with incarcerated youth in 2021, I want to say like 2015. Wow. When I really started, I'm sorry, I uh, really started working with them heavy, and I started that work in California, um, working with some really dope nonprofits, they would allow me to come in as not a teacher, but just like a teaching artist, you know? Wow, yeah. And I come in with like a, a portable recording studio, we break down some quotes, we listen to some music, break down some lyrics, you know, get some writing. What? And it would be so amazing. It would just be like a studio session with the kids. And um, it was so, I fell in love with the work. And I'm grateful that I didn't get in my own way because I think we all have an idea of like, oh, you know, by the time I'm 18, I'm going to be moved out of my mama house. By the time right. I'm, you know, 25, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be famous. By the time I'm whatever age, I'm going to have all this going on, right? And I think sometimes it's like we have our own pet, our own idea and then divine right. has your path, right? Right. And I realized um, doing this work, I was like, man, this is the most important stage for me to be on. Um, mm. Just realizing what, like I channels through and I, I can't really explain it and wow. I think you know there's certain teaching artists or certain folks that I think can really reach that you know from spoken word poetry to music um if you have that ability it's, it's such important work and I'll never forget like the first time I went into a, a placement I was with another teaching artist and I'm um, getting trained and like I don't know if we touched on this but basically like there was a fight about to break out Somebody was dissing somebody else's hood. 
we like in the class by ourselves and I'm like, ooh, about to get crazy. The son of me was like sing. And I sang and by the time I was I don't really even know, I was just freestyling whatever wow. it was and by the time I was done, the two gentlemen that were like having an issue, they like shook hands, they like they were cool, they said they you know, it's all love, whatever. And we turned that into a workshop in itself. And then for me I was like, Wow, like this is healing, like this is this is the real work. And um, mm. like, like, you know, God created a way, a divine created a way for me to bring that back here to my home city. And I'm just grateful to be in the work. And I will say, sometimes it's just planting a seed. You know, if yes. kids are in certain flights and kids are in certain survival modes, I, I don't judge them because I know that the system was set up for them to fail. Mm. I'm not going to judge someone that fell into the trap of the trap, right? right. Right. So well, all I can do or all I try to do is just plant the seeds that I hope grow later and that I hope keeps getting watered along the path. Wow. People sometimes don't realize what music and artistry as a whole, like you said, whether it be spoken word, whether it be painting, whether it be singing, whether it be producing music, people don't realize that there is a totally separate and unique aspect of a person's brain and spirit that these things tap into this is why it's art that is such powerful work that you're doing and the fact that you sang in order to mitigate a situation and that was like your first day there (laughs) if that's not a sign i don't know what it is like man i had to do it today (laughs) really like i walked in so over here in in philly i'm more on like the school district side and allowed me to go into like teaching as well okay as doing the creative writing and socio-emotional transformative work wow Um, it's very focused on at my at my center and you know today uh you know i got done like working with one of my kids or, or a few of my class i was like going into another class just to say uh, what's up to a teacher and one of the kids was like hey yo miss coming through come through i'm like nah i don't i don't want to uh you know i don't want to like you know you got a teacher i don't want to like disrupt and i guess you know the teachers sometimes they'll have a harder time um i'm a little younger i just kind of fly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. to me always they're like, no, no, please, Miss Clark, please come, come in, you know. And I'm like, all right, wow. like, hey, yo, Miss, can you can you sing that neighborhood song? Yo, yo, you gonna show us free to trap? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And and it's it's just wild. Like I get chills. One of my kids, well, t- let me finish the first story. But go ahead. Uh, they wound up having me perform. I'm like, damn, y'all gonna have me perform on the spot? All right, let's go. I show them free to trap, and a lot of kids are like, yo, that's that's up Lehigh. That's 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 right down the street from me. And I'm like, yeah, bro, our, our neighborhood is beautiful. Like. And they don't, we don't often see our neighborhoods being celebrated in such powerful ways and important Mm. ways. And so for my kids that are incarcerated to see the neighborhood and to see the beauty through the lens of the video and connect everything, right? And for them to be like, oh, miss, sing that neighborhood song. And I'm speaking to a lot of the experiences from my own experience. And them being able to relate and see my, like you said, for them to see the transformation in real time. um, It's powerful and to the point you said of like art and music has always been our revolutionary joy it's it's been such an intricate part of our struggles and movement different in so many different intersections right the ways that they intersect and with my kids i was like kicking it with another unit yesterday because it's all different units and one of my guys was like hey on this i forgot to tell you he was upstairs you know because they live there they stay there it's a placement and like he was upstairs like you know cleaning the pot and i just started this song came in my head i was just like free to chat free to trap and then the other kids like yeah we just started singing free to trap and dancing and 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 of course i love that but the deeper meaning is they're in lockup saying free the trap i hope the exit is joyful flying on spacious destined for greatness mama we made it no more gang banging like they're speaking affirmations in the jails that they aren't that it's not supposed to exist in butterflies in my stomach i get chills thinking about it sometimes and i'm so i'm just so passionate about this work and you know, I know a lot of times they'll they'll look at me as as a pope, but it's it's like there's no saviors, right? So I'm like, be inspired by me, but know that you are the, yeah. the key to unlock yourself. You know, I'm here to guide you, I'm here to support you, but you know, you are the you are the savior for yourself. I'm just I'm just here as a support, and I don't want to give the message of like, oh, I'm saving the hood. No, 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 uh-uh. no. Like, I'm here to. But you're doing the work. <laughs> yeah. You are doing the work that so many people are 
sometimes afraid of doing, sometimes too insecure to do, sometimes don't have the resources or the support to do. The list goes on. Yeah, and also, I think it's like the stigma of prison, right? Like, I had to check myself the first time I went to a jail because I was nervous. I was like, I don't know if somebody's going to try and stab me. We, we often criminalize, we criminalize those that are criminalized, right? Mm. And we have a to throw them away. And I think when I first went into the jail, it, it really, I had a realization of, I had to check myself in my own conditioning because they're everyday kids. Yeah. They, you know, they remind me of myself when I was yeah. their age, you know, and I can't even get into the girls. I love, like, the girls are so amazing and they're yeah. just, uh, I got to put them on to my homies, Friso uh, and Lava. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know Friso and yes, Lava. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But they just dropped a track called um, Uncle Jocelyn, which means Health Prosperity Wealth. And you know, I'm, I'm doing a workshop with the kids, and I'm like, oh, the homies just dropped this track, it's fine. And I'm like, oh, let's hear it. I'm like, all right. And I throw it on, and like a whole unit is chanting Uncle Jocelyn, and another unit is, wow. trapped, is chanting Free the Trap, and like it's creating revolutionary joy in a way kids may not even understand that right. you know and it's, it's such powerful work and it's like you know we can if we can make sure we're digesting these type of messages right, right. and calling in these things to our spirit they're gonna be protected and things are gonna shift for them that they won't even realize why and when they're shifting. amen manifesting yeah manifesting man- and the use of mantras and yeah. prayer wow and they don't even realize it like they don't but not only do they not realize it then they have a spirit like yours that's there to tell them to show them to guide them if they allow you to yeah you have so much purpose so much purpose i'm floored so what led you to california man i was trying to get out of philly yeah. <laughs> i'm not even going front um well not seriously what led me out there is i went to temple university Mm-hmm. And I happened to like get done my credits a semester early, but I still had an extra semester. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine was like, "Lena, like, let's go to uh, they got the LA Study Away program. Let's, you know, let's do it." Nice. I was like, "I don't know. I gotta see if I can afford it." And you know, applied for some scholarships. Things came through, and kind of lined up. And I've always wanted to go out there. I just felt like I was always called to it. Like it feels like it's an island, but it's still in the states, so to speak. So it feels right. a little more like like home. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that that's what led me out there. And then when I got out there, I just the Capricorn in me just took over on the hustle tip and just worked really hard and tried to make some things happen. And you know, by God's God's grace, everything worked out for me to stay there a little longer. I am so happy you just mentioned being a Capricorn. You're a Capricorn. I'm a Capricarius, so I'm on a cusp of Sagittarius and Capricorn. Nice. Okay. Do you know your moon sign and your rising and all that stuff too? Yeah, Talk to yeah. me. Cause I was, I'm so glad you brought it up. Cause it was taking everything in me not to be like, all right, girl, what time you was born? <laughs> Cause that's what that's I wanted so to do. Funny. Um, mm-hmm. Look, this is, th- these are the books that are literally sitting next to me yes. right now. Like You're on it. Whoo girl. <laughs> so my birthday is December 23rd. Nice. Um, so technically it's in Capricorn, but it's in the cusp of Sagittarius. As Absolutely. Well. Um, so that's my sun sign. My moon is Vir- my moon is Virgo. My rising is Libra. And my Venus is Scorpio. And that's all I know. That Virgo moon though. She is intense. She is intense. Your artistry, your attention to detail within your artistry. <gasps> your dedication to your artistry, your your passion for what you do. Whoop, girl. Yeah. Yep. That's me. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay. So that's what led you to, to California. And and the reason that I wanted to bring up California, um, I did want to slowly but surely segue into Cage Bird, the artist, the musician, the singer, the poet, the lyricist. Neighborhood. Can I just say, okay. Again, everybody, please go check out the acoustic performance of this song on Stoop Sound Sessions. Yes. Find it on YouTube. Find it on Instagram. Find it wherever you need to find it. Cage, that song has been stuck in my head for three weeks since we met. Since we met and I heard the song. It was stuck immediately. Okay. I was on set going, my neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. She's still here. Let me, uh, (laughs) yo beautiful song beautifully written you are so gifted okay 
and I, I wanted to bring up California as a means to also bring up neighborhood and just start speaking on the things that you've achieved musically. So the writing of that song, the circumstance of that song happened while you were out there pursuing, like you were there studying abroad for Temple University? Yeah, well, this was after my semester had ended. Okay, and you had stayed there after the semester? Yeah, so oh, okay, I, okay. I found a job. I was working for one of the nonprofit. Um, I used to work for going into the placements and stuff like that. They had offered me a position that allowed me to stay full time. Wonderful. Um, I finessed some plugs and found me a cheap stay uh, at a you know at, at a house that it was like a shared house, but it was yeah. dumb cheap for LA, like I right. heard cheap. I was just super grateful. But long story short, I was uh, I was kicking it with a friend of mine, Bianca Brunson, amazing person, this beautiful mm -hmm. soul. Um, and we were walking around, she was playing her guitar, I was singing. I think we were trying to walk to the beach. And you know, it was in a, a nicer neighborhood or whatever. And uh, we're walking along, there's people sitting outside eating their food or whatever. And people just kept like, I don't know, just looking at us or what have you. And um, so we started to kind of like circle the block and things like that. And they, you know, pretty much the lyrics in the song is yeah. a lot of what occurred. And I think around that time too, Sandra Bland had just got killed. Um, there was a, a lot of things of that nature going on. So I think I had a lot of like channels mm -hmm. that was coming through. Um, and I, we just, my homegirl started playing her guitar. And as the police was looking and all that stuff was going on, I just started singing and I was freestyling. And um, that song started to live. And the person that we were walking with happened to have their voice recorder on on their iPhone and was able to capture it so I could remember the lyrics. And um, that's how that sound came about. Um, interaction, us putting some type of description or being a disturbance in the neighborhood, and um, you know, just living it, living it out. I and mean, that's what I was just thinking. Like I didn't have that detail before, so it was essentially the residents of that neighborhood that called you guys in as a disturbance. I still don't know to this okay, day. Okay, okay. I, I really don't know to this day. I, I right. just know that like we were getting looked at and people were looking at us as if we were a disturbance and then police came and was like, oh, Lizzie blah, 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 you know? And it was just like, really like we out here walking with a guitar to the beach. Like, what you think you stole this guitar? I, I, I feel the flannel I was wearing. Like it was just so blatantly, you're being a disturbance to white people. And Jesus. you need to get out, you know, and, and not to call the spade a spade, but that's really like what it was. Yeah. And um, it just reminded me that, you know, that wasn't my first running with the police or something stupid or dumb. And, you know, things like growing up in the neighborhood in Philly, like growing up over in the lands, we're constantly policed by people that are not in our neighborhood, you know. And I think all that stuff was just coming up at the time and a way for me to channel that anger through in a way that served me was to freestyle sing as we were walking away or as we were just going the same way you freestyle sang while you were in the room where there was a fight about to happen your your voice performs magic <laughs> oh my goodness i still record that song the you have not recorded neighborhood i the only living recording i copywritten the lyrics yes 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 and the melody of course but the only living recording is from stoop sounds beautiful well on behalf of Stoop Sounds, we are grateful Absolutely. for the gift that you have given. She said, who's policing police when they police me? Me. I can't I'm say. I'm just trying to make it to my family. I'm just trying I cannot say that line out loud without like getting up in arms and like, reacting almost like I'm on the verge of tears. It's just, it's so poetically written and it's just so stupid real. Yeah. Who? Okay, we're not going to make this conversation about this because we'd be here forever and ever and ever. But again, like I said in the prayer that we opened with, grateful for the obstacles that we have been brought through that have made us stronger, that have also turned us into exactly who we are today. Um, you know, who is Cage Bird without the beautiful lyricism that you use to write about your experiences and in turn touch millions of people? <sighs> in your bio... You say that you use music as an effort to kind of escape from certain aspects of reality as well as record what is happening in your reality. In Haya, you say, uh, keep that negative and negativity, keep that negativity, my G. Yes. Yeah. And I want to know 
about the transition, the strength, the strength that you have had to build. Because it takes time to believe in yourself and be strong enough to say, I'm not going to subscribe to this anymore. Even though you are my family members, even though this is my job that pays my bills, even though these are my friends since kindergarten, it takes a certain type of strength to say, I now have to exit. I now have to escape. What would you say to people that need to build the courage to to do that, to be more um, specific, to be more purposeful in the energy and the company that they keep? I think that it comes to a point where you have to know your own self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know? And when I look back on my life, I think growing up in certain environments, you have no choice but to build a level of resiliency, right? And build a level of strength. Um, I always had like a, a very um, loving like family environment, but the environment that I was in wasn't always loving. Um, And not only that, there was, although I was in a loving family environment, because I was a queer, you know, mixed kid, the first person in my family really to come out as such, um, it was really difficult for my family to see me or love me through that without, um, you know, trying to beat the day out of me and Mm -hmm. things like that that we sometimes see in our culture. And I think looking back on it, I think, you know, my father and I, we had to work through a lot of things. Um, and I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm being compassionate and just trying to put myself in his shoes, I think for him as a, a black and indigenous Puerto Rican man mm-hmm. and dealing with the things that he had to deal with in this country and the way that this country beat him away and mm-hmm. the way the police beat him up to the point we can't even recognize him and the way that he had to really struggle, um, to get to where he needed to be. I think that when I came, when I was outed, cause I didn't really even get a chance to come out. Um, I was like 15, 16, and I think for him, he was scared for me. I think he was scared, like, mm. you're already a woman, you're already a person of color, and now you're going to stay on top of that, this girl's going to treat you up and throw you out. And I think I had to learn to forgive him, you know, on one thing, and learn to have some compassion and try to uh, see it from both angles. Um, to get to that level of forgiveness because it was definitely very rough growing up. And I think, like I said, life will, will force you to build a level of resiliency and strength at a very early age for you to become the person you need to become. I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, yo, you've been through mad stuff at such a young age. You're resilient as ever. Like, if you can work through yourself and get out of your own way, there's nothing that you can't do. Um, and to get back to the point, because I feel like I'm going somewhere else. You're fine. Um, like, I think I had to realize my worth. I think it was around a time I was, I was, you know, young. And like I said, I was making some moves, just trying to do what I had to do. And one of my best friends from high school, I think, started to hate because I was kind of moving up in my, I come from a, uh, I come from a line of hustlers, I guess I could put it like that. You know, so when I was kind of moving up in my rank, somebody was hating on me and tried to set me up. And, you know, I'm glad that I'm still here. And I think when I had that experience, along with some other experiences at that time with people that I really, I still love to this day, yeah. but um, they weren't serving being in my life anymore. I had to really pull into my own self. Like at that point, it was like, I was the only one that was there for me. And there was nights I remember like crying and just hold, like crying. And like, I felt like I was being held and someone was holding me and then opening my eyes and realizing that I'm holding myself. And I think that's when I realized, like, yo, everything is okay, even when it's not okay. If no one else is here for me, I'm here for you, and I love you. And I learned to just resiliently love myself. I had to. I I had to love myself. And, again, I had to realize my worth. And I think it's still a work in progress, right? Like, you you might find yourself in a toxic relationship because you don't think you're worth any better or that, you know, just to have someone around you is enough when... You might deserve or need something else so you can fully uh, show up as yourself. And I think the more I realize my worth and the more I realize my purpose and the more I realize um, the way that the vine has chosen to use me humbly, I have to move differently. I have to separate myself from certain people. I have to 
mm-hmm. uh, give up certain things. Like I don't want to poison my community. I don't want to smoke weed anymore. Like, cause I'm not clear and I have to be clear and I have to be conscious and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, shame anyone. Like do what you got to do to get through what you need to get through. But I think at a certain point, we all come to a, a place where you have to choose yourself over your vices, or you have to choose yourself and run into yourself. But you don't have to numb out yourself. You don't have to numb out certain things. You can work through it. And um, I had to realize my worth, and I think I'm still realizing that every single day. Um, I'm so grateful I'm here, and you know, I'm so grateful to have life. And my life probably should have ended five or six or seven times before right now in this moment. And, um, you know, think about my friends that aren't here, the ones that passed on, the ones that, you know, died very tragic deaths because of the struggle, because of the violence, because our folks don't realize they're great. You know, and the system is designed to do that. So, um, you know, I said, I'm not living just for me. I'm not here just for my own journey. I'm living for all those people that are living for me. I myself, as well as so many other people, are so grateful for your presence, for the way that you walk in your spirit, for the way that you speak from your spirit. And one of the things that jumped out at me as you were speaking, uh, when you were mentioning, when you were holding yourself, crying. So many people break under the type of pressure that you have been under. You know, in those moments where you were holding yourself and crying and just reacting and responding to your experiences, there are so many people that break because they don't know who to turn to, what to turn to, how to find themselves, love themselves, and support themselves. So I, as well as so many other people, were so grateful that you did find the strength and resiliency that you did. And I also want to repeat what you said about therapy being so important and say to you know our platform our audience our listeners and viewers that it's okay you know do it do it because the end result is inevitably going to be something that brings you out of what you feel like you're drowning in right now you don't have to drown you deserve not to drown you deserve to come to the surface and be able to take a deep breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. and therapy will absolutely help you do that Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for repeating that and saying that. And also, just to, I guess, be clear, there has definitely been times when I've broken. You know, mm-hmm. I've definitely broken under pressure. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the support team uh, around me, really being like my grandma and my mom and my yeah. dad, you know, like if it wasn't for those four people, um, and sometimes it's chosen family too, right? If yeah. folks don't have um, family members around them. Definitely times where I didn't have my family around me. I took a lot of work to even reach the relationships I have with my mom and dad now. Um, at times, it was chosen family that, that held me when I was broken. Or like I said, myself. Um, but just to be clear, there's definitely been times when I've broken completely. And I think it was in that openness that allowed me to find myself. Especially that image um, that I talked about of just holding myself. Yeah. Uh, that's when I realized if no one else is here, I'm here. And it took breaking to do that. You know? yeah. And I think, yes, therapy is absolutely necessary. Spiritual practice is absolutely necessary. And, you know, don't be afraid to improve on yourself because all therapy is going to do is help you become better at you. Amen. And if you don't think that you deserve to be better, please listen to this podcast. Please listen to the words of Cage Bird, you absolutely deserve to become that version of yourself. Yes, it will take time. Yes, it will take work and it won't happen overnight, but you deserve to go through that process and take those baby steps that we mentioned. I know we have to wrap soon, but I I want to wrap by asking this. So would you say that Haya was your first single? I know that was released in 2018. Yes, it really was. And I'm so glad you asked that because it's something I wanted to mention too. Uh, sometimes taking a step ahead is taking a step back, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I say that to say when I moved back to Philly in, at the end of 2017, mm-hmm. it felt like, oh, my God, I should be out in Cali right now. Like, everything Ooh. is why did I come back? And um, 
I, I'm grateful and I, it all makes sense and it's clear to me now, but Cage Bird actually birthed by me coming back to Philly. Like Cage mm-hmm. Bird, the whole project manifested itself in January, 2018. I had just moved back to Philly, like I said, I was in the hot, like I had caught like the double strand of the flu that was really bad that oh, year. I've spent like two weeks in the hospital at that time. I went through like a really hard breakup with someone also at that time. So I was just getting hit on like every angle. Wow. Yes. And sometimes the way my body responds is um, when I'm going through stresses, you know, my immune system will just deplete. And long story short, I was, uh, I was in the hospital. I was going through it. I was quarantined and my producer friend or my producer rock, uh, rock Kid yes these tracks and like i told him what i was going through and he was like yo like we need to create like here you go and those songs really came out of the partisan you know and just wow and i say like cage bird is because like sometimes the only joy i had was coming through song and my art has saved me so many many times mm. and higher was that song that i was like i know i went through all of these things i'm going through these changes and i just want to reach higher like I don't want to be negative. Like, keep that negativity, my G, because we weigh up. Like, yes. I, I don't want to be surrounded by that. Like, I, I want to elevate. And Haya was definitely the first single from the Cage Bird Project that birthed in January 2018. And had I stayed in Cali, I probably would have never became Cage Would that have happened? Yeah. And then when you say, like, you, you speak about how you had been sick, you had been in the hospital, you had been quarantined, you had gone through a breakup, you had come back from L.A. and felt like you should have been out there and, and things like that it makes me think of our previous conversation and it makes me want to dissect the free to trap lyrics, your body, whether it be the physical body or even the emotional or mental body may have felt like a cage and you exited that cage through song as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you worked your way out of what your physical body was going through and you helped music helped pass the time as you did that music helped pass the time going through grieving the breakup. Like, yes cage bird and thank you for that insight did not have those details yeah hey this is the stuff you can't google right no for real that's so powerful yeah cage bird birthed in the beginning of 2018 and had i not moved back to philly that may have never happened had i not moved back to philly i may have not connected with youth i've been able to it's crazy like recently i went back to la and i got up with one of my mentees that i met in lock up when he was 15 in cali and um, it's beautiful to see the way Justice has transcended. His name is Just Us Jones. He's an artist. He's an amazing soul. But in the same breath, I also got to connect with one of my first mentees. He was uh, one of my first students in Philly and in Lockup. And this kid is just so powerful. Both of them, I feel like, I don't like to like be like, oh, that's like my son, you know, because I don't right, 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 yeah. it's a mother's goal. Yeah, I definitely felt very maternal about both of them, and I call I, I call both of them like my spirit sons. You know, yes. like, they're my son and spirit. Some in, in another life form, your soul sons. <laughs> like Justice and and Fudger, um, oh my goodness, Fudger is amazing. He goes by Ether Nine. They they both had to be my spirit sons in another life because the way that we interconnected is just I can't even explain. Beautiful, Fudger. I met him here at the U Study Center, and uh, like I said, he's one of my first students and. Literally, I remember, and he remembers in class or just upstairs in their cells or in their pods and just being like, yo, this is a moment. This is temporary. You're going to be out of here. You are going to be completely free. You're going to be living in Cali one day. You got the Cali vibe. Like, you going to be out there and living your best life and just flying free. And literally, like, he got out. And not only did he get out, he, like, got off probation. He, he got off of probation and completely out the system the day before my first show back. And we got to wow. have him come out and perform. And all the counselors and the teachers at the youth were in the crowd celebrating him amongst his family. And no way. It, it oh was so transformational. And I say all that to say, like, when I went back to Cali recently, I also went to visit Fajir, who is now living in Los Angeles, who is completely free who just shot his first music video at the place we said he would be shooting his music video in Malibu. And we manifested and claimed all of this in one of the darkest places in jail. So anything, like, that's why I say, like, anything is possible. Wow. Really grateful to be in a position to uh, do this work because it, it's a privilege and it's something that um, I don't take lightly. And like I said, had I, had I gotten my own way and been like, now I'm stay out here and pursue what I want to do. Sure. Third, wow. I would have been able. I would have never been in a position to serve. 
my like my creator, my purpose, my people. And um, I'm just grateful, you know. Look I, at that. I'm just grateful, you know. The Free the Trap tour is going to be coming. I'm calling it in. I'm manifesting it. Yeah. I want to take my mentees with me and going on tour, and we're going to free the trap across the map. Listen, Rock, listen to me right now, okay? That <laughs> beat right there. That beat right, right there. And he produced Kaya, he produced Frida Trap. Right, like, I mean, he's so gifted. Yeah. So, and it says so much about your spirit that you have had the opportunity, you know, and the privilege and the honor to be connected to these other artists that are taking your artistry and just, we're working together, we're making it happen. It's so beautiful, yeah. so beautiful. I love that you just told the story of the transformation of Ether, of Fudger. Ready? Mm-hmm. What does Selena Carrera give to the world? What did she, what place did Selena hold in the world 2018, 2017, okay, prior to this transformation for you? And then tell me what Cage Bird today, Frida Trap, what space does she hold in the world and what does she give to us? Tell me the difference between the two. What does that transformation look like? Oh. Dang, that's a good question. I don't even know if I know the answer yet. <laughs> I'm um, sure you do. Yeah, I mean, I think the space that Selena Carrera holds is um, a very genuine and authentic space, a growing space. I think, you know, I, I went through a lot of things and, you know, I may have, I went through a lot of things as Selena Carrera and I still am Selena Carrera. And I think yes. it's so weird to call myself in a third person. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think like, you know, what what I hold is just a person or an individual. Um, there's a lot of, you know, love and support and giving and pouring in. You know, I definitely understand like my position. I don't take things personal. Um, and I just try to pour into the people around me uh, to see the water to the seeds to grow. Mm. And I think what, uh, and also too, I think I'm not afraid to feel my way out of things so to speak. I think for a long time, I would be very guarded and wear a mask and be extremely mm. um, mm. to hide myself or to hide what I was feeling. But I've grown, Selena Carrera, me, has grown to like, just feel my way through things. And if I didn't allow myself to feel all of that pain and the things that I went through, Cage mm-hmm. Bird had never been birthed, right? Mm. And I think what Cage Bird brings into the world is you know, that revolutionary joy is the joy through song, is to remember your resilience, to remember your powerful, is to remember that you are the key to unlock yourself. And I think, you know, my artistry and being able to pour into that and believe in it. I've had people be like, why don't you still go by like Sika? Or why don't you still go by Selena Carrera or I Cage Bird? And I'm just like, because I wanted to, or because like, because of what it represents. Why do you go by what you go by? That's your choice, right? You know what I mean? And with all that being said, it's cool, but I say that to say, like, to me, Cage Bird is the example of freeing your own self, mm-hmm. realizing that you are the key to unlock, realizing that running into yourself and turning that last corner is the last corner that you need to to fly through. And I'm just grateful to be in a position to open my wings and, and inspire others to do the same. Mm-hmm. This interview needs no outro after everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say nothing more. That was extremely self-explanatory. I know that you know that you are seriously, positively impacting anyone that listens to your music, anyone that listens to interviews like this one. You deserve to be heard. You deserve all of the investment that you've received from the people that love and support you. And I thank you so much for your time and energy today. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. I really did. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so glad we made time for this. And I like that you got the plants in the background. I you see too. Them. You too. <laughs> this is Jim. Hey, what's up, Jim? <laughs> Jim is named after Jim Carrey as the Grinch because he's the color of the Grinch. I see it. I see it. I Jim Carrey's a favorite of mine. We're going to speak that I'm going to interview that man one day. Oh, okay. yeah. You, you're absolutely going to interview him. You know, you're definitely going to interview him and everybody else. I'm going to call in. I'm going to get some funding and some investors to make sure that I could take the music and the and the tour and everything to an expansive level. What? We're about to be rolling it's in. It's happening. The it's happening. The Free to Trap <laughs> tour is about to be lit lit. You're about to have multiple shows in multiple locations. I say. Okay. Yeah. I say. Cage, I'm so grateful. 
same. Thank you for having me, Ava. I can't wait until we get to do this again. Yes, I mean, oh my goodness. I'm going to let you know when I come back to Philly. I want to know about all the shows. I'm yes. there. So okay. happy, so happy to be connected. And okay. shout out to everybody that's listening and watching. Yes. Please go check out Frida Trap. That's F-R-I-D-A, like Frida Kahlo. Yep. Frida Trap, Cage's latest project. You will not be disappointed. You will not regret it. Go check out Stoop Sound Sessions, which is the only place that you can go here. Neighborhood, which Cage spoke on today. At the Mirage Podcast. We are grateful for you, Cage. Thanks so much. Grateful for you too. Thank you for having me.